This is 2021. This is the Betfred Super League. Be ready. Welcome to Eddie and Steve-O, the podcast, sponsored as we have been all this season by our good friends and title sponsors of the Super League, Betfred. And it's a different show this week because Steve-O and I were invited along to Old Trafford for the 2021 Grand Final. It's always a great occasion and more so this year because we are back at the traditional home of the Grand Final itself. Well, over the next half hour or so, we will meet some of the great and the good of the game. And on our way into the stadium, we met up with none other than the one and only Adam Hills, the star of the TV show, The Last Leg. How about this? How about Grand Final Day? Is this your first? This is my first Grand Final. Wow. I've been to a Challenge Cup Final. I've been to an NRL Grand Final. Oh, now then. But this is my first Super League Grand Final. And what do you think? I mean, I know you've been talking to Steve over about the last five minutes, getting all the bits and pieces, all the rubbish that he talks. What do you think? Oh, uh, look, it, it, it depends whether the fullbacks fit. Uh, I'm pretty sure, and also the Saints halves are just so much quicker. That's exa- that's everything you told me, right? <laughs> now, now I know why he's so famous. He, he copies everything. Absolutely. Johnny Vegas taught me everything I know. Oh. Of course, Adam, you would wish that the Warrington Wolves were here as. All of the town of Warrington would as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I, you know, I play for the Warrington yes. Wolves disability team, so uh, my my heart lies with Warrington. But I'm also... Do you know what's nice, though? The, the other grand final... So I've, I've watched Warrington win the Challenge Cup. Um, the NRL grand final that I went to, I'm a South supporter, so I watched the Rabbitohs win the grand final. It's going to be nice to watch a grand final today and not stress. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, the, I've got no skin in the game. I can just enjoy it for a spectacle of rugby league rather than panicking and being on the edge of my seat the whole time. We did that for 25 years, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. <laughs> but I, I must say that being a, a, an ex-Penrith Panther player... Uh, I was over the moon because uh, they were so disappointed last year. But it just shows you if you dig deep and play as a team, you can get away with it. It was a great grand final. Do you know what I thought genuinely the turning point for Penrith was this year? And it's a tiny, tiny thing, but their club song, you know, the, the song that they would sing in the dressing room after every game. And the first one of the year, I saw them sing it. And there was a line in it, 2020 is our year. And they all kind of stopped and went and, I, and laughed because they realised they hadn't updated it. And then the next time they sang a club song, it was 21 is our year. And I thought, fair enough, fair play. You know what you're doing. That's what you get from the mountain men. <laughs> Adam, I saw you on the telly recently. You've been back and two and come back and you've been obviously like this fellow. Yeah. You know, it's difficult to get in and out of Australia, but you've managed it, haven't you? I, I've done two lots of hotel quarantine. Wow. Uh, the last one 
thankfully the last one coincided with the first two weeks of the NRL this year. So I was kind of living my best life yeah, <laughs> because yeah. I was writing a kid's book as well. So I'd spend all day writing the book. I'd do a little bit of exercise in the room and then I watched every NRL game from the first two rounds. And if Fantastic. I'd been at home with the wife and kids, there's no way that would have happened. <laughs> you wouldn't have been allowed. <laughs> no. So I was kind of, well, I was really disappointed when I got out of quarantine because I was like, can I, watch, can I just watch the rugby tonight and have people bring food to the door? It's, it's not nice though. I, I had to do... Uh, uh, 14 days when I first went back there and uh, I can remember the first two days yeah. a nurse rings you and see if you're okay and I said yeah I'm fine and then in the afternoon the psychologist rings you and say any trouble well on the third day I was ringing them <laughs> I, I, I was going up the wall and we were doing this podcast when he was over there in Australia right so he told me all about his psychologist, yeah. you see, and I thought, oh, hello, what's going to happen here? Anyway, at the end of the first week, I rang him and said, how are you coping? He said, not very well. It's a bit tough. It's a bit difficult. Can't get any fresh air. The windows won't open. I said, who's looking after your psychologist? Because <laughs> she, must, she must have needed yeah. help herself for talking to him every day of the week, don't you think? My chats to the psychologist got longer and longer every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, started off with, yeah, I'm fine, and then it became, and how are you? What are you up to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a- I love it when they start saying to you, now look, uh, walk towards, away from the window, uh, if you've got a window. I said, yes, I have a window. Walk towards the door. How many steps? I said, it's eight. Right. She says, well, do another eight back to the window and just keep doing that and you'll be surprised how better you'll feel. I didn't. <laughs> 16 steps a day. Oh, do you know oh, what? Oh, no, no, I did it more than twice. <laughs> I was do. I did that. I was doing five kilometres a day. I was checking. It was 10 metres, 10 metres from the window to the door, and I would do that 100 times, and then I'd go back to work, and then an hour later I'd do it again, just jogging. And, uh, yeah, five kilometres a day. Well done, you. Well, that's why you are the shape you are, and that's why (laughs) he is the shape that he is. On a serious note, though, we'd love you to come back for the World Cup next year. Surely you've been invited to that. I mean, I'll have a, I'll have a talk to all of Australia. I'm okay. not sure that I can convince all of them this time. But, yeah, I mean, there's talk of a Disability Rugby League World Cup. Yes. Uh, uh, I mean, the big question is, who am I going to play for? Because I think I'm, te- I'm technically eligible for England or Australia. And I know Sean Bristow, Briscoe has talked to me about playing for England, so... Uh, yeah, I know. I might have to surrender my passport. I'm going to say the Aussies won't like that at all. <laughs> oh. And what's next for you, Adam? What happens next? Um, next for me, so um, the end of this year now is just making the last leg. Um, and we've got a Christmas episode and a New Year's Eve episode to film. Hopefully I'll make it back to Australia for Christmas. Good. And hopefully I won't have to hotel quarantine. And then back next year for the last leg. And yeah, training for the World Cup. That's the. I mean, I'm 51. And the body's, you know, takes a few more beats and bruises when you get a bit older and takes longer to um, recover. So well, take a good look at my face mm-hmm. and you realise what you've got to come. <laughs> yeah, because he wasn't born looking like that. <laughs> Adam, fantastic to see you. Enjoy your very first Super League Grand Final and thank you very much for being with us. Oh, thank you. I can't wait. Right, well, now we are in the Trafford Suite, Steve-O, which is where all the top brass of Rugby League, Super League and the Catalan Dragons are because we've got your great friend Bernard Guache here with us. Yeah, but, but first of all, uh, this is the top brass. This is, we're, we're with the top brass today. Yeah, but how on earth did we get invited? Because I made sure you okay. got a card and a okay. ticket. Okay, so you're here because of me. Yeah, and, right? and with my best friend from Fronte, the one and only. He is absolutely sensational. This man has worked hard to make sure that Catalan is a best team in the world and also 
the best area in the world and they do the best champagne and the best wine in the world and also because he's a butcher best meat in Catalan Bernard as you can probably tell Mr Stevenson is a huge fan of yourself of the Catalan Dragons and everything about rugby league welcome to the grand final how do you feel um, pour moi, is, uh, ça doit être is, is a day fantastic for the rugby league. French rugby league today is fantastic for the French rugby league. Et je remercie, je remercie la main tendue, la main tendue de mon ami Richard Lewis de Nigel Wood il y a 16 ans en arrière quand ils nous ont invités dans cette compétition. So he just thanks all the people, particularly Richard Lewis and Nigel Wood, who invited him into the competition those years ago, and all the people who've helped during that time. Today, the European Super League is a European Super League, isn't it? Exactly. Today is a big day for the European Super League. Et j'espère, j'espère qu'on sera à la hauteur de la compétition ce soir. C'est tout ce que je souhaite pour le coach et pour les joueurs, être à la hauteur de la compétition. So, it is a big day for Europe, but he hopes that today we are on top of the uh, competition, uh, particularly for the coach and all the, ju- all the players who've worked so hard. I remember a famous day, Steve, when we were down in Perpignan and Bernard asked us and invited us to go to a huge reception when the Warrington Wolves were in town. <laughs> yes, remember. I remember. Now, it was about two hours after the final whistle. So you were a little bit the worse for wear for uh, for the champagne and the white wine. That oh, well, my muscles were playing yes, up. Yes, I know. I know. You, you needed some. You needed some medicine, and you stood up in front of all these people, and you said a number of things. At the end of it, you said, "Catalan, superb." Yeah, superb. <laughs> and I do it all the time. What, Bernard? What did you feel like last Thursday night when the crowd was in there? It was a full house. You had the flares and the red carpet treatment for your players. It was absolutely brilliant to watch it on TV. What was it like to be there? Uh, jeudi passé, j'ai, uh, je suis un enfant du rugby à 13, un enfant qui a vécu, qui a grandi dans le rugby à 13. Et j'ai retrouvé jeudi dernier, la semaine dernière, j'ai retrouvé l'ambiance, l'enthousiasme, la folie d'il y a 45 ans en arrière. Le rugby, il est en train de se passer quelque chose de grand pour le rugby à 13 en France en ce moment. So, last Thursday, he rediscovered, he's a child of rugby league, he was born in rugby league. And last Thursday, he rediscovered the joy of rugby league. Uh, you know, after 45 years, uh, he rediscovered the, the, the love of the sport and it was brilliant. Can I say you have got one supporter here? He has tipped St. Helens all year, but today he is wearing the Catalan Dragon Colours. Merci beaucoup, mon ami. Merci beaucoup, mon ami. <laughs> it is my pleasure, and I will finish off with one thing. Catalan, superb. Superb. Well, Steve, I told you that the great and the good of rugby league are in this room with us today. And they don't come greater than this man. And this gentleman here is also from Yorkshire. He's the, uh, the interim chair, hopefully very soon the chair of yes. the Rugby Football League and uh, it is of course Ken Davy, who is also 100% behind Huddersfield Giants. Oh absolutely but uh, I'm neutral now of, of course, course you as, are. As, as chairman and, um, and interim uh, I hope will be relatively short rather than, rather than long Good. Uh, and, um, and then um, we will have achieved the objective of 
realigning uh, the Super League and the RFL and creating a joint venture uh, to take the game forward and that's a really exciting prospect and uh, and we are it's a, it, the challenges along the way but we are we are making prom, uh, progress and I'm I'm confident that um, uh, we'll produce a decent outcome. I just said to Bernard Guash, the uh, the owner and chairman, well, he's Mr. Perpignan, isn't he? He is. I've just said to him, today, the European Super League very much is the European Super League, isn't it? Well, it, it's a history-making day in that sense, because uh, uh, to have Catalans in, in the final uh, brings, brings that vision uh, to reality. Uh, but... Uh, again, going back to the realignment and uh, the whole strategy for Super League and the game as a whole is being looked at, and uh, who knows where uh, where we may uh, end up. Uh, but uh, one thing that everybody can be certain of, uh, and you two in particular, is that we're all working for the good of the game and to take it forward uh, in a positive light, and so that the fans, uh, the spectators, uh, our broadcast partners. And everyone else can, and uh, I mean, look at uh, Betfred, the support that Betfred uh, have, have given this uh, last uh, 12, 18 months has been phenomenal. Uh, and of course, they're uh, uh, pretty well our longest uh, uh, name, uh, name title sponsor now. Yeah. Uh, and they've done a fantastic job. Ken, I've got to ask you this. Have you had to knock some heads together? Because it's not easy to change people's minds? Well, it's been at times rather like platting fog or pushing, <laughs> pushing porridge uphill with a fork. Um, and um, I think it, the way I work, it's not so much uh, banging heads together as um, uh, encouraging and persuading people uh, to combine their resources to act in the best interest of this great game that we all serve. Have you any, have you any plan, have you anything you can, you can tell us is, what is the time scale? When, uh, when do you well, think this will happen? The, the time scale, uh, because there are still some hurdles to get over, the time, time scale is a bit fluid, uh, but I, I'm hoping that by Christmas we shall be in a position to uh, uh, demonstrate uh, how we're going to move forward. Wonderful. And, um, it's, um, uh, it's, it's not a done deal, uh, but we are working hard to get the right results and I think everybody around the table is is acting in the right spirit. Good. Because you can't dilly-dally with a thing like this, can no, you? No, absolutely. The, the, the new better. season starts in February, yeah. you've got to get stuck in. Absolutely. We're very conscious of that. Ken, it's fantastic to see you and uh, all power to your elbow from the two of us in the, what is to come in the next couple of months and we look forward to the announcement by Christmas. It will be a great Christmas present for the game. Okay, we are still in the Trafford Suite, Steve-O, and um, purely and simply for the benefit of um, making sure we don't upset everybody, we've spoken to Bernard Gouache, who is yes. the owner of yes. Catalan Dragons. Now we have Eamon McManus, the owner and chairman of the Saints with us. Now, yeah, yeah, Yes, but it's taken us a, t a couple of glasses of wine to get, <laughs> to get round to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Eamon, great to see you. You're back. This is, this is like... WA11, isn't it now for St Helens? But it's the same feeling each you come back, each time you come back, isn't it? It's just the ultimate occasion for rugby league. It's something that's built up over 25 years, um, and each time you come back, you look forward to it even more, and you're more nervous each time you come back. <laughs> but you, you, do, you, you do not get used to it. But you, you get must more be nervous. proud. You must be really proud. I mean, of course I, am. I mean, yeah. the chance to do three on the trot is, is just amazing. 
It is. I hope we I hope we do it tonight. Um, it's uh, it's through a lot of hard work. Dare I say the recruitment's a lot of talent at the club, not just players, but at every level. You know, in terms of the coaching staff, the executive staff, with Mike Rush as my chief exec, uh, and uh, the all we want to do is keep standards and improve standards. And um, yeah, and all of us buy into the town. Listen, we're all from the town. It's all part of our lives. This is our lives, and we want to do our best with it. Because the junior development is quite outstanding. We, we saw for many, many years uh, Leeds was virtually, they used to sort of run everything in regards to having juniors coming through or whatever. Uh, that strategy has obviously helped St. Helens doing exactly the same thing. It is. It's at the very core of what we do. And um, you know, you know, if you have half a dozen or more young guys who've come through the academy, I think today we've got ten, which is pretty remarkable, isn't it? Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, ten, ten of the team today. Ten academy ten, players. Ten of the team today came through our academy. Playing in the grand final. Correct. Wow. And, you know, and this is kind of a world-class game with world-class players, and ten have come through our academy, uh, and it's something that just doesn't happen. You know, this is something that. This is us. This is what we aim to do. This is where we put our efforts. This is where we put our investment. This is where we put our emotion. Uh, and it becomes like a virtuous cycle, doesn't it? When players know that they, this is the club to come to to do that, you attract more, and that's what we aim to continue to do. And bringing that talent through, it's like a corridor. It, it's not something that you're going to hit a brick wall. You know because you've worked at the lower level just as hard as what you do at the top level yeah. that you're getting that success. You, know, you become emotionally involved in it as well, on both sides, play, play, players and club. Uh, and it's something that you know, the game itself has got to address. I'd like to think what we're doing is right. Uh, there's no reason why every other club in Super League can't do what we're doing. We've got no special right to do this. This has come about by hard work and commitment. There's no magic formula. Um, and... You know, the next step is we've got to retain these players. We've got to keep these players in the English game. It's something that I keep banging the table about. That's how to improve Super League. You know, it's not to first look overseas for players. It's, it's firstly to produce the players. Secondly, and even more importantly, to retain them. And if there are any gaps, you look overseas. But that's definitely where, where, where we come from. So looking towards the future, uh, are we trying to say that we must protect our own talent and not just be taken over with the opportunity to go play in New Zealand yeah. or in Australia. Because it worked the other way for quite some time and still does at this point in time. But to be able to say and point today 10 youngsters that you've brought through, not just winning the trophy, being proud that you what you've produced. It is. I mean, as, as I, and this is not, I'm just not just saying this today. I've been chairman for 21 years. I've been saying it each year for 21 years. And it's done our club very well. You know, there's times when we've produced more players than otherwise. You know, we're, we're fortunate at the moment. We've got world class young players coming through, like Jack Wellsby, Lewis Dodd today. He's only played six games. He's playing halfback in a grand final. Amazing. And no one's concerned. Amazing. No one's concerned. Interesting yeah. point Steve-O makes about that because, of course, in 1973, he walked away from the game in Britain and he went to play in Australia and that's in why he's the, rich, the richest yeah. man that he is now. <laughs> well, listen, <laughs> no, no, there are different days. You know, the seasons overlap to some degree. You went there. And listen, I would never, ever decrease. If one of our players really wanted to go there for lifestyle, ambition, whatever, 
but we've got to make it whereby they're not just going there for monetary reasons. It, it wasn't just money. I, I really wanted to make a, make a change. It was always my ambition to play the game. It was always my ambition to uh, be successful. And when the opportunity came, I grabbed it. Yeah, and no one will ever take anything away from you for, for doing that. It, it's well, you do. Well, all the you time. You do it all the time. All the time, because I know, I know that I have never seen your wallet in 30 years. So that's why I, I all... Not, I haven't got, got a wallet. wallet. I know, you haven't got any plastic too, or anything. Too well to carry cash. Know, exactly. Yeah. Eamon, interesting, you said you come year after year after year, but you still get a little bit nervous. You're nervous now, are you, that it yeah, might I, I go big time? I probably get more nervous. I kind of, uh, And it's the same every year. I'm kind of completely calm, and then on the morning of the game, I fall apart a little. Um, <laughs> and that's the way I feel at the moment. You uh, realise, of course, that every other club today, bar the Saints supporters, are rooting for and cheering for the Catalan Dragons because they're everybody's second favourite team. Yep. No, and, and rightly so. Um, you know they, they've not done it before. Um, it's different. It's from from uh, from France, to state the obvious. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I consider it a form of flattery as well. Yeah. You know, the, we've been a successful side for for so long. And if I was supporting another club, I'd want to see a new a new name on the trophy. So it's totally understandable and um, absolutely the right thing to do. And it's good for Catalan and good for the game, and it will create an atmosphere. Excellent. Everybody wants the game of rugby league to be strong, not just in this country, but worldwide. Um, you know, we can't do it at our expense. You know, we've got to have an intelligent, non-emotional conversation about this. Um, but the end game has got to be that France has got to have a standalone league. It's got to stand on its own two feet. Yeah, and French rugby league at club level and at national level will benefit from that. Now, at this point in time, in the evolution of the game here, obviously to have French teams in the British game is the only way. But, you know, the end game has got to be that France has to have its own standalone professional club competition. And for us to assist in doing that, we've got to have a long-term view on it. Uh, and I think, you know, this is part of the process. So if you do get to lose in there next year, I think that Rugby League in France will go to a new level. It will, because yeah. Toulouse is a very different city in many ways to Perpignan. You've got, you've got the local derby. That's when the media takes an interest. That's when sponsors take an interest. So, you know, but the end game has got to be not for French teams to be a minority in an English competition. It's got to have two professional competitions. Yeah, but that, that is way, way down the path, isn't it? And today, but it's, it's, it's all about you winning this grand final for a third year in a row yeah. to emulate the Leeds Rhinos and their feet in the 2007-8-9. Couldn't have said it's better myself. Well, we've done this many times before, Steve. Oh, it's half-time in the 2021 Grand Final and uh, Saints are leading by six points to four. What are your impressions of the first half? Well, it's as expected. I thought that um, St. Helens had come out with all guns blazing. They did. They made four forays down that right-hand side. Yaha was a bit out of position on all those occasions. They scored one try out of it. And slowly but surely... Catalan has grown into the game. They gave away far too many penalties in the first 20 minutes. Obviously, McNamara sent out the message, look, we've got to be careful. We don't have to do anything outrageous. Just let's keep the ball going and we'll get the kicking chase game going. And they slowly, gradually got into it. About 10 minutes before the end of the first half, great tactics. Let's have a bit of a bust. Let's have a bit of a fisticuff. 
put them off the game. All of a sudden, St. Helens are about, I want to square up. It's all about controlling the game. And I'd have to say Catalan in the last 15 minutes were controlling the game. Well, for the first 10 minutes, they hardly saw the ball. They were tackling their hearts out and they, they did manage to keep St. Helens out. And it looked ominous. But as you say, if they don't get over the line, you don't score, it can go either way. Well, McNamara will be telling them now, look, we're definitely in with a great chance here because their ability to just slow things down. And it's rather surprising that we're not seeing more dummy runs from Roby. He's the key player there. We haven't seen anything from Lomax. So their defence pretty down the middle is pretty solid. Uh, Wormsley looked as though he was shattered. He was taken off what, 10 minutes before the half-time break. Normally, he's a man, you know, not just a powerhouse going through, but also has the ability to turn, twist and offload. We've seen nothing of that. I think that both coaches will be saying different attitude. Catalan will be very, very pleased with the fact that they slowly but surely grew into the game. St. Helens will be frustrated because they thought they should have scored and they should have scored on another three of those occasions. Four attacks down the left-hand side to Catalan. They had the ability to close this game down. They didn't, and look what we got. We've only got a two-point margin. 40 minutes to go. You've tipped them from day one. Are you going to change horses at this late stage? No, no, I'm not. I think that uh, fitness is going to play its part. Uh, we've often thought about that Sam Tompkins, perhaps not 100%. He looked as though he was still limping even when he walked out. But... They've dug deep, and that's what you need in a final. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they came up with a shock win. But I think the fitness levels in the second half, they'll be able to sort it out. St. Helens, you'll see more running from Roby in that dummy half position, and you'll also see a lot more kicks into the far corner. OK, let's see what happens in the second half. Sounds good. OK, so that's the 2021 season over. The grand final completed. We've just watched the match and uh, a brave effort, to be fair, from the Catalan Dragons. Only lost it by a couple of points. Bit of indiscipline let them down, but a wonderful final, Stevo. The saying in the room in there, the best final Betfred have ever had. Well, when you think about it, it was a tussle all the way through. Uh, a lot of people, including myself, thought if they would have scored early, which it looked like as though St. Helens were going to take control, they had four efforts down that right-hand side. They only picked up one try, and that was vital. Catalan then slowly but surely got back into the game and then started to lead, and it could have gone either way. But as you say, the biggest problem that Catalan had, they gave away two penalties that allowed St. Helens to get deep down the field, and then, of course, they scored the winning try. Well, it's always a fantastic occasion to come to Old Trafford, full stop. It's always a fantastic occasion to come to the grand final, full stop. It's even better when you're in good company. And we've been in great company today. On our table, we've had the one and only Andrew Henderson. I can't believe I'm saying this. Former, can't believe it, former Warrington assistant coach. <laughs> looking for a new job. You could easily take over from Steve-O. There's no question about that, Andrew, because you're a great talker of the game. What, what did you think? What did you think of the grand final? Oh, look, I thought it was a gripping contest. I really, really did. I think uh, the Catland Dragons as a club and as a team can be very, very proud of that, that performance. You know, there's a lot of the younger French players have never 
played on the big stage yet or, or experienced that sort of arena. Uh, and I thought they acquitted themselves really, really well. I think as Steve had touched on before, when you looked at the game, and we all know coming into the game that St Helens as a team, they invest heavily in their opening 20, 25 minutes. They really start hard and fast. They come out in the blocks. And they did exactly that. You know, defensively, they were off their line. They strangled Catlands. They limited their, their yardage and their go forward and, and field position. As Steve alluded to earlier, they created a number of chances down that right edge. You know, luckily, some good scramble from Catlands held them out. But I, I thought Catlands did a good job at absorbing that early you know, intensity and, and pressure from St Helens. And to stay in the contest the way they did was outstanding. And then to go ahead was even more incredible. Um, I just thought they really grew into the game, Catland. And I thought they did start to take control. They, you know, they were quite savvy at times with some of the... Uh, the, the pieces of place, Sam Tonkins, he's a, he's a smart old, old, old rugby league player. And, and I did feel that at one point of that game, Saints, they just started to lose their heads slightly and they got caught into the, uh, you know, into, drawn into that sort of uh, pressure environment. And I thought at one point there, Catlands really took control. But it was the ill-discipline at the back end of the game. I think it was James Maloney, a late tackle on, on Lachlan Cooper with about 12 to go. That, for me, was the game-breaker because, as Steve-O pointed out, it gave them the field position and St Helens capitalised with the Nagama try. Uh, they were still in it. It was still in there right to the very, very last dying minutes, but uh, I just felt that's, that was the the, 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 the the back there, really, was that, that penalty that was given away on Lachlan Cook. Andrew, I've said you're a former Warrington assistant coach. You'd be sad to leave Warrington, though, I'm sure. Absolutely. Uh, I really started to feel settled at the club. Um, I, I felt we've made some real progress you know, on and off the field, and, uh, yeah, it would have been nice to be part of the next chapter and be able to support that growth within the team and within the club, but not meant to be. And like you said, um, that's sport, isn't it? You know, And the new head coach coming in, he has every right to, to bring in his own staff and the people that he trusts and the people that he knows can deliver what he wants. So, yeah, there's no, no hard feelings no, there. That's no just the, na- that's the nature it, of the beast. It, it, it's very, very difficult, really, because, you know, you, you bring in a new coach, he wants his own personnel. I mean, look, we had over 20 years where people were trying to get rid of you and I. They retreated in the end. Yeah. No, I, I thought we retired. Didn't we, we? we did, oh, and then we yeah. started doing this. Yeah. <laughs> look, you're not going to retire, Andrew, are you? No, 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 not at all. Wait, what's all. next for you? Can you give us any hints? Well, look, I'll be honest. There's, um, there is a couple of irons in the fire, a little and, sparkle uh, in your there's eye. There's a couple or... of irons in the fire, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll soon see. I mean, at the end of the day, for, for me, Eddie, um, I'm not going to rush into anything either. It's got to be the right job at the right club at the right time. So, if that means I have to take a little bit of a back seat temporarily, then that, that's what I have to do. But yeah, like I said, there is some expressions of interest from a, from a couple of clubs. Australia? Uh, potentially. Um, and potentially over here in the UK. But, uh, you know, like I said, I should know in the next couple of weeks whether, whether anything transpires. And then, and if it does, great. And if it doesn't, then I've just got to sit tight and bide me time. And Andrew, it's, it's, it's a sad day in many ways. It's a great day because it's grand final. It's a sad day because we're saying farewell to you, hopefully temporarily. Correct. Whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go to the dark side <laughs> whatever you do we can't let the brain drain continue yeah. to rugby union I know Eddie Jones is here tonight yes I know I did, I know. Did, did, we see, did we see him talking to Eddie Jones should we start a rumour Stephen <laughs> well he was talking to me for a while but I, I know who Eddie Jones was <laughs> yes and uh, he said look if, if I need an assistance in uh, scrummaging and hooking he said uh, I'll give you a miss <laughs> Well, if you're at the Betfred Super League Grand Final, the only man we can talk to about the final itself is the boss himself, Fred Dome. Fred, that was probably the best Grand Final you've had. I would say not probably. It was definitely the best that I've seen. 
I was on edge of the sea and it could have gone anyway all the way right through to the, uh, the last second of the game. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And a fantastic result, albeit in defence for the Catalan Dragons, because they were so near and yet so far. Yeah, they were. I mean, you know, you know the um, Saints are a very physical team and I thought they would break them down and walk it in the last 20 minutes. That wasn't to be. Catalan played so well and good luck to them because they deserved everything they got except the result. I mean, 10-12, you don't get any closer than that. We were talking before the match in the reception and you said, Catalan, you're giving them an eight-point start. You were just about on the money. Yeah, yeah. It, um, you know, I said before the game that finals and semi-finals are great levellers and I always believe that. And as a bookmaker, you believe that that's going to happen because you know every player on that pitch is going to play his heart out for you or for his team. And that's the way it was. Fred, you're a fantastic supporter of this sport. You know, not only the Super League, the Championship, League One, the wheelchair game, the women's game, uh, and, of course, podcasts like Steve-O and I do each and every week. Thank you for your support. But I know the sport gives you a lot back, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, uh, sponsorship is a two-way street. You know, the sport benefit from it and so does the sponsor. But I, I love working with rugby people, they're humble people, and I hope I'm a humble man. And it's, and it's just a pleasure to deal with them. You know, you're not, you don't get tied up in, uh, in detail and politics. It's just get the deal done and let's get it started. And, and, and you can see for yourself, look at the branding that we've had here at Old Trafford. I am so, so proud of our brand. I'm so proud to be a sponsor and be involved in Rugby League. And you will be for at least another two years. At least another two years and may it, may it go a lot longer than that. Fantastic. Well, you've seen a great grand final. We've got great champions in St Helens. And it really is the European Super League now because the Catalan Dragons were here for the first time. And you know, I'd like to see, if it's possible, I'd like to see Catalan back here again next year because... I thought they gave a great performance and they deserve to come back. Fred, thank you for all you do for the game. Thank you for all you've done for us. And uh, see you next year. It's a pleasure. Well, look, listen, it's been a fantastic year. It's been a wonderful year on the podcast. I've enjoyed every, every week. And we've had a fantastic time talking to all the boys here at the Grand Final at Old Trafford. So, um, what, February or Christmas? We'll see you at the Christmas special. We're going to do a Christmas special at Warrington. Beware of the turkey.